0: this morning. If you like to follow along on your pew Bible, you may. It's on page 577 in the Old Testament section. I invite you now to listen to God's Word. <clears throat> o Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O oh Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed and shoal, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the furthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you, and the night is as bright as the day, For darkness is as light to you. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! I try to count them, and they are more than the sand. I come to the end, I am still with you. Oh, that you would kill the wicked, O God! And that the bloodthirsty would depart from me. Those who speak of you mousely and lift themselves up against you for evil. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God. And know my heart, test me and know my thoughts, see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Friends, the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Groucho Marx famously said, I refuse to join any club that would have me as a member perhaps uh, better than anyone, churches know that within their communities, not everyone speaks the same history, not everyone speaks with the same volume, and not everyone speaks with the same frequency, and certainly not everyone speaks with the same agenda. And when we're honest, when we're honest, we will admit not everyone speaks with the same commitment spiritual depth or sensitivity. With so many different opinions and commitments and volumes, why would anyone want to be a member of a church? I think the answer to that question lies within Psalm 139. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Whether we want to admit it or not, we yearn for someone to know us. We yearn for this because we have been made by God to be in community. And being part of a community... Our declaration is that we want to be known. We want to be known by ourselves and by one another and by God. Which is both one of the most beautiful and most terrifying virtues of church. Because when done well, a church community is tender. Personal, it's unrestrictive, it's intimate, and appropriately human. And to be known like that, yes, is both beautiful and terrifying. I wonder, I wonder, have you ever had that dream before? probably know that dream, that recurring dream, um, the one where you're running away from some mysterious pursuer. You run as fast as you can. You keep running, you keep running, exhausted and out of breath. You just keep running and running and running, searching for a place to hide, and the places become fewer and fewer and fewer. And just about as you're getting ready to get caught, you wake up, sweaty and confused, trying to figure out What and who you're running from. Perhaps this is the beauty in the fear of this song. The beauty in the terrifying part of church. The beauty is that someone cares enough to search for us. The fear will be found. Over the past few years, imposter syndrome has become a frequently used phrase. Imposter syndrome is a feeling that deep down inside that you just don't belong. Uh, it's a fear that you have, a fearing that friends or colleagues will discover that you are a fraud, that you never deserved any of your accomplishments or your degrees or any of your promotions. Is something we may feel in our job or in volunteer work or the role we play within our family system, or even here at church. Who am I uh, to lead a Bible study? Who am I to help at the food pantry, serve as an elder, lead worship, pray for a neighbor? Research shows that 70% of the people in the United States, over the course of their lives, will experience imposter syndrome. Who am I that God knows my name? And if God knows my name, that means that God knows me. And if God really knows me, would God still love me? Which lies to beauty and the terrifying reality of our faith. With us, knowing and loving is separate. And there's always the fear that if someone really knew us, they have power over us. Or they could hurt us. Or that they would see right through us and cease to love us. But God's knowing is different, the psalmist proclaims. God's knowing and loving is inseparable. It's indistinguishable. Indis- and this is why God refuses to quit searching for us. Anyway, God is constantly bringing us together in the community. What God is eager for is for us to discover that knowing and loving are inseparable too. In the book, Tattoos of the Heart, the one we're reading this summer, um, which, by the way, you're welcome to join us on Wednesday at 11.30 and it's um, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Last uh, week we had a, just an amazing um, conversation. And so much so that people asked for a, a nighttime, so we'll talk about more about that. Here's my shameless plug on Tattoos of the Heart. Um, but in this book, Tattoos of the Heart, Father Greg Bull tells of a time that he met um, Luis. Luis arrived in his office, uh, after his daughter Tiffany was born, Luis was in his mid-twenties, arguably had been the biggest and the saddest drug dealer in the community had ever seen. Now, Bull and Luis knew each other for over a decade. And up until this day, every other job offer that Bull made to Luis, Luis declined until Tiffany was born. Now, having a daughter, Luis, found himself in the office of Greg Bull. Greg Bull is a Jesuit priest. He started a group called Homeboy Industries. Homeboy Industries goes, and they have tattoo removals, they, they take away graffiti from the streets, and they make bread, and they have a bakery and a coffee shop. His leadership skills on the streets transitioned to the bakery. And soon Lewis also found himself In that workplace as a team lead leading gang members he served with and leading gang members he fought against right there in the bakery and then his leadership skills took him to be the tour uh guy people would come from all over and visit homeboy industries and one night louis um louis saw bull Bull, and you know he, he said something to him. he said you know bull um Why why do white people, why do white people always keep saying everything is great? Every time I go on a tour and there's a bunch of white people, they always talk about how great things are. Wow, this building is so great. Wow, that bread looks really great. Oh man, have you had the muffins? They're really great. It's such great, nice to meet you. You did a really great job. Why do white people always keep saying everything is great? A few months later, Luis came running to Bull. Hey G, hey G, he called him. Hey G, you will not believe what happened to me yesterday. What happened after my shift? I picked up my daughter. We went home from the sitter. We opened up the door. She ran into our house, and she stopped there right in the middle of the living room and said, Wow, this is great. He said, Gee, I thought my daughter just turned white on me. <laughs> <laughs> what is great, honey? My home. My home is great. With tears rolling down Luis's face, the bull points to him. And he says, Luis, you did this. You never had a home in your life. Now you have one. You did this. You were the biggest drug dealer in all of town. And now you are baking bread. You did this. You never had a father in your life. And now you are one. You did this. I hate to tell you. But I've come to know you. And as I've gotten to know you, I think you are great. About a year later, Bull told the story for the first time out loud. He told it at Luis's funeral. Luis wasn't doing anything wrong. In fact, he and his friends were packing the car to go on a camping trip. When a couple of gang members from the rivalry area came into the territory looking for someone to kill and couldn't find a gang member, they saw Luis and thought, he'll do. The guy in the car, they walked up to him and executed him. As funeral, there's a room full of people with all kinds of backgrounds, men and women from the church, employees and visitors of Homeboy Industries, ex-game members, uh, some from Luis's old gang, and some that Luis fought against. They all came with the same question. What's the point? What's the point? What's the point in changing our lives, doing good, Coming to church. The unexpected death can happen to anyone. What's the point? It's a good question, really. It's a good question that every church, including ours, should be asking. With that question lingering, and the air bull told that packed church, Luis was a human being who came to know the truth about himself and liked what he found. doesn't need to be any other point. Julian of Newark, a 14th century female English mystic, Saul's struggle is coming to discover that we are clothed in God's goodness. This became Lewis's life work. He embraced the goodness. He embraced his greatness. And nothing was the same. And I believe this is the life work of the church. The life work of the church is to provide a safe place for people to know Jesus. As we get to know Jesus, we'll get to know ourselves. As we get to know ourselves, we are equipped to be able to know one another. Well, we discover and embrace the goodness and the greatness and the love of God in every single person that we meet. I think this is why the psalmist takes a dark turn at the end of the psalm. Did you notice how dark it got? Oh, that you would kill the wicked, O God. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? I hate them. Perfect hatred. These enemies the psalmist is talking about is not some co worker that we disagree with or the irritating neighbor or that crazy cousin. The psalmist is talking to the God who tends to us from birth until death, who will go into the heights of heaven, into the depths of Sheol to be with us. The enemy here. The enemy is death, the one who threatens to destroy. The rest of the psalm proclaims. And no bullet, of cancer diagnosis, or, or dementia, or, or broken relationship, or heartache, or, or pink slip, or, or rejection pierce The very thing the psalmist discovers. That there is never a moment when God knows but doesn't love. And loves but doesn't know. And there lies our faith journey. Right there in the psalm. We move from a description of God. Being able to define who God is. A God who searches and a God who knows. Demanding that God take action in our life. Search me, God. Know my heart, God. I'm not sure. What it is about yourself that you're running from this morning. But I have a feeling that you're running from something. We are. My advice to you and to me stop running. God is relentless, and God's searching to introduce you to yourself. I have someone for you to meet, God is saying to you and to me, I've known them since before they were born. I've loved them since before they were born. And you know what? They're pretty great. And I think, I know, when you get to know you, that you will think that you're pretty great too. Name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.